Well, good morning, everybody, and let me be the first to say Happy New Year. I haven't had a chance to say that to you since I was gone over the last few weeks. Uh, both Gabby and I were in New York City visiting our daughter who lives there, and we became, during this time, new grandparents to a baby daughter, a granddaughter, not a baby, another baby daughter. That would be terrible, but anyway, uh, our grand, uh, a new granddaughter. So we're excited about that. That happened eight days ago. Yes, thank you. But over the, next, uh, over the next few weeks, I want to remind us as Christians, and particularly those of us who are at Wardenful Gospel Assembly, of some very basic principles that I think should govern our lives. As we go into a new year, as we have opportunity to reflect on the past, and none of us certainly want to continue in this COVID pandemic. Um, but anyway, we, we have some basic principles that we need to be reminded of that are absolutely crucial to our walk with the Lord. Jesus, Jesus can be an adventure of a lifetime. And Jesus has called us to participate with him. And it's not just about having an adventure, some life. But Jesus has called all of us, those of us who say we are followers of Christ, those of us who say we are Christians, Jesus has called us to be a part of his mission. To be a part of a bigger, bigger mission of God. And so over these next few weeks, I want us to think about that. Because you see, as people, we have a tendency to get complacent. We have a tendency to fall into ruts. We get into a tendency to live life with a mundane routine. And, and a lot of us and people would say, my life isn't very exciting. But Jesus has called us to participate, not in some adventuresome life, but Jesus has called us to be a part of his mission in the world. Now, when I think about that, I think about there are some very fascinating people who participate in this life in some unique opportunities. I think, for example, of my son, who was in university several years ago, who spent 12 weeks in the Amazon studying monkeys. And I'll tell you something, just the thought of him being in the Amazon and the thoughts that I have of what the Amazon is like and what the Amazon looks like, I can tell you, as a father, those were 12 anxious weeks. I remember talking to a high school student who, who, as a high school student, spent two weeks of his winter break hiking through the Himalayas in Tibet. Now, when I think about adventures, adventures that people participate in, that's what I think about. And I'm sure all of us have read books or we've watched programs on television or we've even heard or talked about the adventures of people that they participated in. There's this bicycle ride that I follow. It's a race across America. It's 4,800 kilometers long. And it goes from Oceanside, California to Virginia Beach, uh, Virginia. And there's this race that happens. And this past year... In 2021, it was won by Leah Goldstein, who Canadian, a woman Canadian, the first ever woman to win this incredible bike race, and she did it this past year. That's adventure. That is some incredible 
pursuit that people have engaged in. I read a, a book just recently about an overweight reporter for the Denver Post who took it upon himself to summit all the 52 mountains that are over 4,300 meters high in the state of Colorado. And then I finished reading a book recently about a young man from the hills of Kentucky, a hillbilly, as it were, who against all odds and the very first person in his family to graduate from Yale Law School. Now, these are people, you think about people, you know people like that, you've read about people like that. People have ridden bicycles across Africa, they have sailed the oceans on wooden boats, people have trekked in forbidden regions of the world. And when you read about these accounts or you hear about these accounts, your mind is filled with imagination of the adventure these people are on. And yet, while we marvel at what people accomplish and the exploits that people do. We look at our own lives and we say, my life isn't anything that adventuresome. My life is quite mundane, quite routine, not filled with much excitement. But I want us to think about in 2022 how potentially God in your life could work his amazing story. And what could he do in your life to create an amazing story in your life? A lot of times, unfortunately, as people, we talk ourselves out of opportunities. God may plant visions and dreams in our hearts, in our minds, and a lot of times, and I've heard people say this, we say things like, in our younger years, when, when I grow up, I'm going to do this, I'm going to go there. When I finish school and graduate, that's when I'm going to do whatever. And then as we grow older, and the older we get, it's like some of those visions and some of those dreams begin to pass away. And as we get older, we say some things like, well, someday I'll do that, and I'll go there, and I'll participate in that. Unfortunately, many of our aspirations, many of the dreams, maybe God-given dreams, do not come to fruition and are not realized because we are fearful, because we are complacent, or just content with life. Someday, someday, but right now I'm too busy, someday that's when I will become intentional, someday I've got just a lot going on in my life right now, but someday that's when I will step out. That's when I will begin to serve. That's when I will be challenged to really get involved in my church or in my community someday. But right now, I've got all kinds of commitments, responsibilities. There's just a lot on my plate. Lots happening. And we talk ourselves out of the potential of God creating some incredible opportunities in our life. We talk ourselves out of God building an incredible story in our life. We talk ourselves out of this because we are so entrenched in what we, where we are right now. We can come up with all kinds of excuses. We can come up with all kinds of reasons of why we are content with life right now. And we just dream and when the brochures come in the mail, we just look at them and we stare at the maps and we think of all the possibilities 
but we don't step out to allow God to do something magnificent in our lives. I personally think the attitude of complacency is a mark that is upon our culture today. And yet, yet, here's the irony of all that I'm talking about. The irony is, is that we can spend so much time reading about and watching other people live their lives and think about the excitement of their lives that we miss the opportunity of what God can potentially do within our lives. And so I want us to begin. I want us to begin in 2022. I want us to be invited into a specific calling, a a calling, a, a challenge as it were, a challenge to take the next step in our journey of faith, whatever that is for you. You see, I believe that in spite of the COVID restrictions that we are still all engaged in, and yes, we need to remain vigilant, but I am calling us to be committed and continue to be committed to God and His kingdom and what He wants to accomplish in your life and through the church in this day and age. We cannot allow this COVID pandemic to hinder what God wants to accomplish through us. And it's easy to remain content. It's easy to make excuses. It's easy to maintain the status quo and make all kinds of excuses of why we can't do this and why we can't do that. And spiritually, as we evaluate our lives, for some of us, when we look back, whether it's a year ago or two years ago, maybe even ten years ago, We look back and nothing has really changed in our life. I want us to be challenged in a dramatic way in 2022 to go beyond and to see what is it that God still wants to do in my life on a day-by-day basis, on a week-to-week basis. What can I do to embrace the opportunities that come before me each and every day to to challenge me and cause me to step out in faith and to take hold of the opportunities that God gives to me. What is it in my life that I can do in this next year that can move me to be a participant in the kingdom of God? Not just being a bystander and standing on the sidelines and watching and making the excuse that the pandemic is causing me to step back. But no, in 2022, what does God want me to do so that I step forward in faith? So that a story can be written in my life of the adventures that I can have when I walk with my Lord. All of us this next year have this opportunity to create our own story. And in the next few moments, I want to look at this invitation, this call that Jesus gave to these disciples to follow him. And there are two accounts, two accounts in the scriptures from two different perspectives. The first perspective is found in the book of Matthew, and the second perspective is found in the book of Luke. The same account from two different perspectives. Now, if you have your Bibles with you who are in the sanctuary today, or if you're at home, if you have your Bibles, I want us to turn to Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. And before we look at these scriptures, you have to understand that the gospel of Matthew, according to Matthew, is written to a Jewish audience. 
And there are cultural assumptions that he completely disregards and leaves out because his audience understands who he is and what he is talking about. Now you notice in this, this verse, chapter 4, verse 18, look what it says. One day Jesus was walking along the shores of the Sea of Galilee and he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. And Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. Verse 20. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little further up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in their boat with their father Zebedee, repairing their nets. And he called to them to come too. They immediately followed him leaving the boat and their father behind. Now what you notice in this invitation is that it's a very condensed version of, of this event. It's, it's just a few sentences long, and at first reading, it seems like Jesus randomly shows up on the scene, and they don't really know who he is, and he says to these Men follow me, and they're like, okay, here we are. We're going with Jesus. And they say goodbye to their father, mom, and dad, and they follow this guy whom they have just met. At first reading, that's exactly what it seems like. That's how it appears in this Matthew account. It, it, it almost makes it seem like these disciples were very impulsive. They may have been irresponsible in accepting this invitation to Jesus. It just seems like a very quick, decision that they make. Now, I grew up thinking that that's how Christianity worked. There's this moment where you encounter Jesus. You're at the crossroads. There's this moment where you can make a decision of faith. And right there and then you need to make a decision because Jesus says, follow me. And there's no room for questions, no room for doubts, no room for investigation. There's no opportunity to explore. Either you're in or you're out. You need to make a decision really quick. And if you want to go to heaven, you better make the decision that includes yes. That's how I grew up believing that's how it went. But I, and I, I've always had this idea that when I read this portion of Scripture, that that's exactly how the disciples made this decision to follow Jesus. There was an impulsive decision, a very quick decision. There was no room for exploration or questioning. That the decision was made, and they just kind of jumped in and made that decision. But when you read the same account in the Gospel of Luke, who writes exactly the same story, he includes other details that Matthew completely disregards. Luke writes to a Gentile audience, a Gentile audience that has a lot of questions, a lot of skepticism, a lot of doubts. They don't understand this Jesus culture or the, cult, the Jewish culture as Matthew, who wrote the Gospel of Matthew. The Gentiles didn't understand this whole concept of these rabbinical teachings and these people who would follow the rabbi and leave behind everything and follow a rabbi. So the Gentiles that Luke is writing to 
The Gospel of Luke is written to are cynical people. And they have a lot more questions. So Luke begins in his book with this understanding. And his readers, understanding that his readers are going to be more cynical. So look what it says in Luke chapter 1, verse 1 through verse 4. Many people have set out to write accounts about the events that have been fulfilled among us. They used the eyewitness reports circulating among the early disciples. Now, what is, Luke's, what is Luke saying here in these verses? He's saying, I'm, I want to I make it real clear right from the get-go, before I write this, this gospel of Jesus, I want you to know, readers, Gentile readers, that I have explored things. I didn't just write what other people told me to write down. I have listened. I have seen what I was told, and I have investigated thoroughly and carefully and then wrote these things down in a very orderly manner. Look what he says as he goes on in verse 3. Having Listen. Having carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I have decided to write an accurate account to you, most honorable Theophilus, so you can be certain of the truth of everything you were taught. You see, Luke understands his Gentile audience and that they're going to review all of his writings with cynicism, with skepticism, they, with, with a lot of doubt. And, and so he talks about Jesus, Luke does, he talks about Jesus and he puts into context the actual events as thoroughly and as detailed as, po as possible. He begins with the fact that Jesus has already been teaching for a long time. He goes on to say in, verse, in chapter 4, verse 14 and verse 15, look at this. Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit's power, and reports about him were spreading quickly throughout the region, and he taught regularly in the synagogues and was praised by everyone. See, Luke is making a point that before being called... These disciples already knew Jesus. We don't get that, that account in the Gospel of Matthew. There was already a reputation of Jesus that was preceding him. People knew of him that he was an incredible teacher. Luke goes on to say in verse 36 of chapter 4, Amazed, people exclaimed, what authority and power this man's words possess. Even evil spirits obey him. They flee at his command. Then Listen, the news about Jesus spread through every village in the entire region. Again, here is the context. People already knew about Jesus. They knew about his incredible power and authority, even to the point people saw that demons obeyed him. So even before Luke launches out to talk about the disciples engaging Christ, and even before launching out about Jesus and his disciples, people already knew and had explored the fact that Jesus was who he said he was. One last verse in Luke chapter 4, verse 44. And so he, that is Jesus, continued to travel abroad, preaching in synagogues throughout Judea. Now, here's what you need to understand, and here's what you need to grasp. 
sometimes in our journey of faith, our journey of faith is described as a path where there are no room, where there's no room for question. That we are simply to blindly follow. And if you have questions about Jesus or the Bible, you don't ask those aloud. Or sometimes if you struggle in your understanding of who Jesus is and you may have doubts about your faith, you better keep those to yourself. You suppress everything. And sometimes our faith has been portrayed that way. But let me remind you of something as in these verses that we read. Luke, the writer of the Gospel of Luke, shows us something completely different. That when Jesus called his disciples, Jesus gave them an opportunity to explore. Look what it says in John chapter 1, verse 46, in the Gospel of John. This verse gives us invitation where Jesus says, come and see, where uh, Nathaniel says, come and see. Can anything good, the question is asked, come out of Nazareth? And here's what Philip replied. Come and see for yourself. Come and see for yourself. In other words, investigate the claims. Explore for yourself. See for yourself. The invitation is given in our journey of faith to come and explain, explore and find out for yourself the truth of the gospel and how powerful it is and can be in your life. That's the background to what Luke continues in chapter 5. Because in Luke chapter 5, you have the exact same story that we just read about in Matthew, the calling of the disciples. You have the same story outlined for us, but with more depth. Notice what it says, Luke chapter 1, chapter 5, verse 1. One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the Word of God. Now, if you remember back to Matthew, Matthew completely left out this fact. This was not mentioned in the calling of the disciples that Jesus was preaching on the shore of Galilee and that there were great crowds that had come in to listen to him. It goes on to say, verse 2 and verse 3, Jesus, that is, he noticed, Jesus, noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds there. So Jesus is in a boat. A lot of times people said, well, why didn't Jesus just stand on the shore and talk to these people, the thousands of people that have gathered there? Well, here's something very interesting. And Matthew doesn't talk about this either, that Jesus was teaching on a boat on the water. Water amplifies sound. And Jesus was on the water and the water created amplification of his voice so that the thousands of people that were standing on the shoreline could hear and witness the teaching of Jesus. And so Jesus, you've got to picture the scene, Jesus is in a boat with Peter and Andrew who are 
sitting back in their boat, their little wooden fishing boat, watching Jesus teach the crowd. Verse 4 goes on. Verse 4 of Luke chapter 5. Notice what it says. When he finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it's deeper and let down your nets and catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all night and we didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let down the nets again. Now here's here's my paraphrase of what is transpiring here. Here is what my paraphrase, my own interpretation of what Simon is saying. We've already done this. We've tried tried to catch fish all night. You're a carpenter. We are fishermen. I know what I'm doing. You're telling me how to fish? A carpenter telling me, a professional fisherman, how to fish? I've been doing, listen, I've been doing this my whole life. This is not the time of day when we should be fishing. And this is not the place where to fish. Yet, because you have said it, I will do it. Luke chapter 5, verse 6. And this time, their nets were so full, full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. Verse 8. And when Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were all the others with him. Verse 10. And his partners named James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. And Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Now, do you compare these two stories between Matthew and Luke? You see, there's a whole narrative that has been left out. And when you read the Gospel of Luke, you see the difference in the account. Matthew provides a quick overview, and Luke provides the detail, the backstory between what is happening to those who may be more skeptical. And what we can learn from this is that the disciples witnessed, and they watched, and they learned, and they saw, and they explored, and they discovered, and they interacted with, and they questioned. They had a personal encounter of the person of Jesus in their life. Now, as we begin this year, 2022, and some of you are still writing 2021 on your checks and any correspondence you're making. Some of you are still stuck in 2021, but we are in 2022. When we enter into this new year, 2022, a question that I want all of us to ask is this. What is my next step with Jesus? That's the question. 
In my journey of following Jesus, what is going to be my next step? All of us, I mean, every single one of us, each of us, whether you're here in the building or whether you're watching online, all of us should have an answer to that question. What is going to be my next step in Jesus? No matter where you are in life, no matter what your age is, no matter where you are in your faith journey, what is the next step that I need to take in my journey with Jesus so that his story can be fulfilled in my life and that the mission of God can be accomplished in my life? Let me give you two quick points to consider as I close. Following Jesus in 2022 involves learning and discovery. This step is a challenge for us to take. Maybe in 2022, once we get back into a full church participation, maybe in 2022, this year, can be the year where you decide to make a wholehearted commitment to Jesus and you next some of you, your next step is to engage water baptism. Maybe in 2022, this is the year where you decide that I'm going to become more intentional in sharing the gospel message in my workplace or in my neighborhood. I'm going to be intentional about sharing Christ with people. Maybe in 2022, your next step is where you decide that I am going to discover what my purposes are and what, what my giftings are and, and how I can best facilitate the entrusting of God's gifts into my life so that the kingdom can expand. Maybe in 2022, your, your next step as a follower of Jesus is to test God and say, this next year in my finances, I'm going to truly start and I'm going to test God to bring provision into my life. Maybe your next step in, in your walk of faith in 2022 is the year that you decide, you know what, it is time for me to step up and I'm going to volunteer and participate in church life more and engage with people more and to let my gifts be expressed. Over the years, there have been times where people have come to me with questions about their faith and we talk and sometimes I recommend books or websites or sometimes we meet together several times and we explore faith together. And what I've discovered over the years, oftentimes people have this incredible desire to take the next step in their faith journey. But the next step never happens. And so sometimes when I've talked to people and encouraged people to participate in this and to read this and to engage in this, uh, you know, discover this topic on, on the website, and, and, and I run into this person later, weeks later, sometimes even months later, and I, and I ask them, have you had a chance to read what I recommended? Or have you followed up on some of my suggestions that I've made? And it's surprising to me that oftentimes people say, no, I just, I just haven't had time. I've just been too busy. And so what happens is that people have a question, they have a desire, they may have doubts, but they want to explore further, but they never take the next step and fully pursue God for the answer. And my challenge to us as Jesus followers, my challenge is that we, we step out in 2022 
and begin to participate more fully in learning and in discovery. Where we make a commitment and say, I am going to be committed wholeheartedly to follow Jesus and to engage in what He wants to accomplish in my life. Then the second thing in following Christ means that I'm going to be a person who gets personally involved. It requires personal involvement. Jesus asked Peter to go into the deep water and to cast his net. And suddenly at that moment, Peter has an incredible decision to make. Up until this point, he's just been an observer in the boat. He's sitting back, watching the crowds on the shore, watching this teacher who's standing in his boat, proclaiming a message. Peter's just sitting back, and he's just listening and watching. And then there came an invitation. He is invited by Jesus to be part of a bigger story. And frankly, Peter is cynical and he's skeptical. Because in Peter's mind, as you recall from the Gospel of Luke, in Peter's mind, this is not the right time of day, and it's not the right place to fish. And plus, they have fished all night and not caught anything. And I think Peter's beginning to think in his mind, this whole thing is not going to work. But, because you say so, Jesus, I will do it. Might as, might as well try. What, have, what, do, what, do I have, what do I have to lose? I've been doing this all night. Nothing's happened. Might as well try again because this teacher is telling me to do that. But what we see here is absolutely significant for us today. Peter takes this one small moment, this one small incident, this one small area of his life And he surrenders, and he is saying, okay, let's see what happens. You say it, I'll do it, let's see what happens. He is skeptical, though he is skeptical, though he thinks it's not going to work. But here he says, okay, let's try it. I would love for us, whether it's a church collective, or whether it's us as individuals, to embrace that kind of challenge in our lives in 2022. Maybe there's an area in your life that is not working out very well at the moment. Why not bring some transformation into that area this year? You're not sure if it's going to work, You don't know if it's going to transpire, but because I'm a follower of Jesus, let's try it. I don't have anything to lose. Let's just try it. Let's see what happens. Maybe this next step, maybe what you need to try is instead of becoming bitter against coworkers, you're going to start praying for coworkers because some of them aren't very nice and some of them... 
aren't treating you right, but before anger and before bitterness gets into your heart and into your spirit, you decide, I don't know if this is going to work, but I'm going to try it because I'm a follower of Jesus and I'm going to start praying for them. I'm going to see what begins to happen in my workplace or in my family life or with my children or grandkids, whatever it may be. I'm going to just start praying and see what God can do. You may be skeptical. You may have doubts. But hey, what I've got to lose? I'm just going to do this in 2022. Maybe there's an area of your life where you need to recalibrate your finances so that you can be more resourceful in sourcing the kingdom of God. Maybe you are going to refocus some issues in your marriage to make it better and you're going to become more sacrificial to your wife or to your family, more kind and more loving. Maybe God is challenging you to step out and to do something and say, you know what, this next year I'm going to become more of a, an encouragement rather than a critical person. I'm going to speak words of encouragement. In fact, I'm going to write and I'm going to say something encouraging every single day. I don't know if it's going to work. I don't, I'm kind of skeptical and I doubt it's going to work. But God wants me to do this, so I'm going to do it. I'm just going to test it and I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to throw it out there and see what happens. You see, if you know that there are some things that are broken... in your faith walk, in your spiritual journey, in your life, why not in this next year, 2022, simply say, I'm going to throw my net out there. I don't know if it's going to work, but since I'm a follower of Jesus and I trust in his words, I'm just going to throw my net out there. He's calling me to be a different kind of person. It's going to mean some changes in my life, but I'm going to throw my net out there And I'm simply going to say, yes, Lord, I'm going to do it because you're my Lord. I'm going to follow you. And I'm at this point of decision. I'm just going to do it. You may not not even be sure that this year is going to be any different from the previous years. But I'm going to submit to my Lord. I'm going to recalibrate my life. And I'm just going to follow Jesus and be obedient to his word. And then I'm going to see what happens. That's what Peter encountered on that boat. And that's what I want to encourage us to encounter as we move forward in faith. At this juncture, at this time, at this moment, you have a decision to make. I have a decision to make. And the decision is, are we going to respond to the invitation of Jesus, the call of Jesus in 2022, where we leave things behind and we engage and embrace the new calling of following Him. Some of us, and I'm going to wrap up. Just hang on for a few more moments. I'm going to wrap up now. Some of us grew up, and maybe you've heard this phrase, won't you invite Jesus into your life? Now, some of you became Christians by responding to that question. But can I submit to you that 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 question is not an invitation. Jesus 
Jesus doesn't want to be invited into your life. See, Peter didn't say to Jesus, hey, Jesus, I feel I know you pretty good. Come into my life and we can fish together. We can do these things together. You can, we can clean the nets together and we can have a good life together. Let's sell the fish on the market together. See, Peter didn't invite Jesus to participate in his life. It's not Jesus being invited into our lives. Instead, the invitation is to follow the call of Jesus. To leave the nets behind. To leave your life behind. And to join Him in His work. Not your work. His work. That's the invitation. So in 2022... Whatever you need to leave behind so that you can fully engage Christ, so that you can be challenged to follow Him, whatever the next step may be, whatever God is placing in your heart and in your life, to take the next step of faith so that you can fully follow Christ and embrace Him, looking forward to a new time, a new adventure, a new embracing of something fresh and new in your life. What are you going to leave behind? That's the invitation. The invitation in 22 is, are you going to follow Jesus? And are you willing to leave some stuff behind that is not working for you right now? And to step out into a new day, a new era, where God can fully accomplish something because of your commitment to follow Him. Are you going to engage the invitation, the call of Jesus. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's not even about this church. It's about what do you want God to do in your life? And are you willing to put things aside so that Jesus can be more preeminent in your life and that His character and His reflection becomes more preeminent in your life. That's what it's about. And that's what Peter was confronted with. That's what began to create the story of Peter in his life. And God wants to do the same in your life. Cast out your net. Take the next step of faith. And let's see what God's going to do. Don't let the pandemic and the fear of the pandemic hinder you. Step out and live for Jesus. Let things go and let's see what new things God can do through us. Amen? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we submit our lives to You. We come before You right now and we invite You to do something unique and different and fresh in all of our lives. As we step forward in this new year, 2022, what we have before us, oh God, may we, may we embrace your invitation to drop the nets again and to step out in faith and believe that you want to do something fresh and great and magnificent, adventuresome in our lives in this next year, we pray. God, we give you our lives. Here we are, Lord. We are your servants. 
Fill us with your spirit. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, I pray. And let us, oh God, let us see the magnificence of Jesus displayed in all of us. We give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's worship together. If you're in the sanctuary, will you stand? If you're at home, you can stand or sit. Let's worship God. Let's sing with a loud voice unto him as we close our service. See you again next week. Have a great week. God bless you.